welcome to Dowdy. I'm Mariana Feijó and I'm on a quest to change the dictionary entry for the word brave, or just using that as an excuse to have conversations with people about moments in their lives in which they have been brave, or just slightly out of their comfort zones. Today I've decided to be brave and take a break. It's not like today's decision, it's a, a, a thing I've been thinking about over the last couple of weeks. Because, as you know, one week I didn't have a, a guest, the other week I didn't have an episode. Uh, <laughs> I was feeling a lot of pressure to book guests and record episodes with guests and something. I know about myself is that right, when I'm feeling pressure to do something, I don't do it. And in reality, I've been recording an episode a week for almost a year, which is a lot, guys. But yeah, I decided, hey, don't put yourself under so much pressure take a break, do two to four episodes of highlights from all the episodes you have already out, and then have the first episode of the second season at the start of August, the same way you've done for the first episode of your first season. And yes, guys, this is trailing the fact that there will be two seasons or more, but that I, that I will divide the podcast into seasons, which is something I wasn't even sure I was going to do. I'm letting you into my process. I do, since I have decided that, which has been recent, I've already booked a bunch of guests for the next episode. So, you know, pressure, pressure kills me a little bit uh, or kills my ability to produce, to be productive. So I'm taking the pressure out of the equation. And I decided, okay, cool, we need to do an episode with highlights. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so much work, guys. Cutting bits out and doing highlights and trying to, to find what goes in with what. But it's fun. It's, it's nice to see the progress from the first episode to the 49th episode, how I'm way more capable of adding it to editing it down and <laughs> killing my babies as they say I'm getting better at that I can get better so who knows maybe the second season will be slick edits straight to the point with all episodes I think sometimes when you don't go straight to the point it's when you you get the funny bits so you know there's probably a balance there and I will achieve it next season starting on the 5th of August I will However, always record these little intros, so listen to the intros, because I may drop some bombs. Today I will share a big thing, which is the fact that, I think I have mentioned it before, that I'm working with this project with Ducky at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern. It's all about Georgian history and the LGBTQ plus bits of Georgian history, how, you, how there were a ton of gays in the Georgian period, how there were more gay bars than there are now in London in the Georgian period and how that is how you can track that in art prints and court cases throughout the years that's like the research we've done with Ducky and we've presented it a few times at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern and we're now going to present it in a tour in the south coast of England and the program, the, the, there's also a publication to go with it. The publication is a wank mag. Yes, a wank mag. A magazine with nudes to which people can wank to. And I'm featured in it. Like, full nude. Taking the photos is a little... 
being naked around people some of whom you don't know very well in like uh, <laughs> the backyard of a pub in Vauxhall might have been a little bit out of my comfort zone it's more out of my comfort zone to to see the picture printed i haven't seen it printed but i've seen a proof for the magazine and then to know that a bunch of people have seen it but worse than that is the fact that this magazine worse than that it's not worse it's it's great it's great it's great that i i did that and it's great that i'm going to do that but yeah this magazine is going to be given out at these events in the south coast of england and i will be at those events and i will likely be distributing those magazines so i'll be fully dressed distributing these magazines where i'll be naked inside there's also text there's a text i wrote a text about uh how monogamy is not really a thing in history and how monogamy as is only started at least in the uk at the same time as the marriage act um yeah so yeah this basically justifying that maybe polyamorous is not that weird I'm losing my thoughts, guys. Like, running out of time. So, us uh, thoughts running through my head. Yeah, I'll be distributing these magazines where I'm naked inside uh, <laughs> to people. And I will be reading the magazine next to me. And that sounds, like, potentially hard. But I'm sure I'll enjoy it. And also, like, I was telling this to my boss that I was going on tour. Not this. I was telling her that I was going on tour with the Ducky Project and she said, oh really? I may- maybe I'll I'll g- come and watch. So I had to disclose that there's a magazine out there where I'm naked that will be distributed all around the south coast. And I'm saying it here and the, the next bit should be hey guys, come along. Come along to, to the... Um, to the tour will be in Folkestone on the 18th of July, Hastings on the 1st of August, Brighton to Sundays after that, probably the 15th of August, and Ramsgate on, I think, the 29th of August. They're all Sundays. <sighs> Come and join us. <laughs> and it does feel like a little awkward to tell people, hey, come on, and, 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 and join at an event where I'll be distributing uh, a magazine where I'm naked inside. And that is called the Wank Mag. So it's like, it's just like a new thing that is slightly out of my comfort zone, but I'm, that I'm sure I'll get through it. This is the intro this week. This won't be an episode where anyone will introduce themselves. It will start with all the definitions of brave that my guests gave me. Oh, how would I define bravery? That's a big one, isn't it? Well, it's very difficult. I love that you asked this question. I actually looked it up. I think bravery is acting despite fear or acting alongside fear. So when I think of courage, when I think of uh, bravery, I think of knowing the risks or sometimes being unaware of the risk, but doing it anyway. In one point, it's putting yourself before others. In another point, it's about unashamedly being yourself. 
And lastly, I would say it's about doing something different and not truly knowing the outcome. But bravery is for me probably to do with courage and courage is to do with how you face the obstacles that are thrown at you in life, I guess. And instinctually what my belly tells me about that. I think it's so personal because it's really interesting to me when people are like, oh, you're so brave for doing that. And I'm like, no that was just a thing like even something like riding my bike into Manhattan some people like oh you're so brave I wouldn't do that so I guess I think it's you doing something that you're afraid of I guess bravery is about just like pushing forward even if you're scared even if like you have something to lose like being brave is not about not being scared I'm getting very deep here It's about like doing things even if you're scared. Bravery is not the absence of fearlessness. It's doing things in spite of having fear. Yeah. And you're just being like, I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's kind of how I define brave. I guess doing something even if it's hard or scary because it's fun or it's the best thing to do i think my my definition is influenced by me talking to you behind the scenes about that but (laughs) just panicking that i don't think i've done anything brave but i suppose anything (laughs) that's outside of your comfort zone or doing something despite how uncomfortable it makes you and the more i think about it the more complicated it gets that's my objective (laughs) (laughs) also listening to this podcast i've been like oh yeah and that and that and that um, so I'm, not, I'm having to renegotiate my relationship with bravery. <laughs> my definition of bravery has been ruined by children's authors. Like, I think J.K. Rowling has a lot to answer for. Like, generally. But, yes. like, specifically. <laughs> with Because for so long, I've associated bravery with stupidity. Oh. Or, like, a rash action that might not work and you haven't properly thought it through, but you do it anyway. So I've had to, like, reconsider that. Something quite reckless. But now, thinking about it, the vaguer my definition has got, I think I would describe it as disrupting boundaries, and that can mean, like, anything, that you believe to be unjust. So I think it has to be for some kind of, like... Not has to be. Often it's... It can be selfish. It can be for the self. But it shouldn't be for, like, ego. You shouldn't just do it because... You shouldn't do an action. I'm being very vague and rambly. For sure, bravery is... It's not the absence of fear, but it's it goes alongside with it. It's going forward even though the fear is there. And I actually think like in the later years I've actually defined bravery or acts of bravery as being vulnerable. It's kind of doing something that you don't necessarily have the impulse to do, but you know it's the right thing. So I almost think that bravery is in the eye of the beholder. You know, it's it's like when I started doing improv. A lot of my friends would come to see the shows and they would say, Oh, you're so brave, like I can't believe you get on stage and do improv. And I thought it was just fun. And then when folks like you do stand-up, it's the opposite, right? <laughs> like I would never do stand-up. I think you, you guys are the bravest people in the world. Um, so I, I almost think that bravery is a bit what, what other people think about your actions. Bravery is so subjective because, like, if someone says to you, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's brave to walk away from that relationship or it's brave to do something, I, I don't know if that, that's like, is that brave or is it necessary? And if it's, is it like... Or if someone's like, oh, you know, you're brave to wear, wear that outfit or brave to do this or that. Um, it's sort of based on different people's opinion of it and what yeah. to them they find scary and they see as brave. Someone else sees as sort of just like another day, sort of just doing their own thing. It's when 
you want to do something but there's some sort of obstacle that makes you feel like you, uh, you shouldn't do it but you do it anyway and if there is an internal thing an internal pressure mm-hmm. that doesn't exist in reality i think that bravery is to be up to the standards that you want to see in the world whether it's convenient for you or not mm. do the right thing yeah the thing that nobody will do i think it's um, a spur of the moment thing where it's almost um that fight or flight thing might kick in or yeah just like a natural thing that might you know but i don't think that it's something that we 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 have that's always there i think you know this is the spur of the moment okay now and now this is how my body or my brain wants me to react i didn't make this up but um but i loved it when i heard it i think bravery is feeling the fear and doing it anyway it's about not having fear and um personally like i try to have that in every moment of my life which is you know, it's a big ask, but it could just be the littlest thing. The word brave initially for me feels very bravo, brava. It feels very congratulatory, um, which doesn't really fit for me. And then I think about, you know, other words that replace brave. So words like courage. And I think of the actual word, right? Cour, rage, heart, rage, sort of fire. I think that's a bit more energizing and more beautiful but I think generally what does it mean to be brave what does brave mean to me I feel like it's I feel like it's just being in your integrity and just staying in your integrity and acting from that I mean bravery is mainly doing something that you don't want to do bravery means sort of different things to different people doesn't it yeah and and it can mean something completely different on different days as well like it depends on on where you're at in your life and and what it is that you're dealing with, what circumstances you're in. Um, I have friends who have suffered from mental health problems and sometimes just going to the shops on a day is is brave for them you know it's it's an act of bravery and then there's there are the big adventures as well in life doing something that you're scared of because you you believe it will be good for you or good for somebody else i i know it in my gut when i'm being brave i can feel it fear is sometimes good right you're scared of things that are dangerous and will hurt you and that's good fear but then fear is sometimes also bad it like is just warning you that you're about to do something new and unknown and so you have to use your human brain to override that fear Mm -hmm. and usually i kind of know what kind of fear i'm dealing with i think there has to be a bit of recklessness and a little bit of stupidity to be brave just slightly but i would say bravery is just doing something maybe out of your comfort zone that needs to get done and maybe not thinking about it too much, just going for it rather than sitting around and planning it. I think if a lot of planning goes into it, maybe it's not as brave. It's not as straightforward as maybe I thought it was. And I keep thinking that I've reached definition and being like, oh no. But what I've reached is doing something that you think is necessary when you anticipate a negative response. Mm-hmm. I think bravery to me is like, I always hear when people say that thing of like, you can only be brave when you're scared. Uh, And to me, I identify with that. So to me, bravery is like having the feeling that you don't want to do something, but knowing that you should do it or that it would be good for you to do it and going ahead and pushing past that fear and doing that thing. So I don't actually know whether there's a difference between the things I do that 
strike fear in me that I get over that I then consider brave um, between that and stupidity. So, but that's one definition of bravery. But then when I, uh, when I think about other people, for example, Malala is a great example uh, what she had to go through, what she's achieved, standing up for uh, women's education. That's to me is like the standard box, standard definition of bravery. So obviously I've been thinking about this. Um, I think there's a, like, there's a couple of different things and you've touched on this in the podcast before, but I've always thought of it as, as doing something that you don't want to do <laughs> for whatever reasons those might be. But also that bravery is different for every person. I don't really know because I've torn between two ideas of what bravery is because I, I kind of feel like I think about bravery in terms of those single massive acts of courage where you have an actual decision that you have to make and then you don't want to do the thing, but you know it's the right thing to do. So you to decide to do it but, uh, anyway. But that's not really something that I've ever had to do in my life. And so I, I don't really have that kind of understanding of bravery. So I guess I see it more as, as something in terms of like, it's all the kind of like little things where you're like working on yourself, even though it's hard or you're like showing up every day and all of those kind of things. But I think that's, I find it harder to associate that kind of behavior with bravery because my understanding of bravery from the way that we often talk about it in stories and things like that is that it's often a moment oh gosh I think being brave is about really standing up for what you believe in I think that's massive because sometimes sometimes it's obviously really hard to do that in the face of adversity or people who don't believe the same thing but also sometimes it's really hard to identify what you do believe in often I'm in a place of real ambivalence I think induced by fear laziness just a general like sense of oh if I say the wrong thing loads of people might not like me so yeah I get really scared about being specific about what I think is right and wrong because especially nowadays there's so many people who might shout you down or catch you on like the tiniest caveat of what you've said so I really respect people who are prepared to put themselves out there stand up for something that yeah they'll probably be called out on but they're just going to go for it anyway and like it's more important to them to express how they feel about a thing than it is to worry about the kind of tiny nuances of what they might get caught on yeah oh boy I I mean that's a I would say I don't know for me I I think I'm a very cowardly person so I think I, I would define bravery as doing uh, good things that I don't want to do. <laughs> like yeah. a, a person doing something yeah. because they think it's a good thing to do despite very much not wanting to do that thing. When I think of bravery, that's what I think about, which is the image in my head when I think of bravery is someone rushing into a burning building to save somebody. Nobody wants to go inside a building that's on fire. Unless you're a weirdo. Unless you're yeah, a weirdo. I, I, the number of instances in which it wouldn't count as brave would be very, very unusual. <laughs> People are like, that building's on fire. I can't wait to get inside it to feel the flames. <laughs> but yeah, so big or small, I think it has to be something good. It has to be something you don't want to do or that you're frightened of. Mm-hmm. And then you do it. Yeah, I mean, I think I also relate to Connor when I say I am 
uh, I definitely do not consider myself brave. And uh, this podcast has been very stressful for me this week to think of brave <laughs> things that I have done. It's been keeping me up at night. And I don't even know if I'm going to have a good answer when you ask it in a little bit. No spoilers, but we'll see. Um, I think bravery to me would be doing something that you know is the right thing to do, even though it turns your stomach in order to do it and it makes you not feel good in the moment, even though you know eventually later you will feel really good about it. It's usually not fun and it's usually a, a terrifying prospect. But, you know, sometimes uh, you, you know it will pay off in the long run, so you just do it. Bravery to me, obviously, feels like doing something that is terrifying or doing something in the face of fear. But I feel like I was just like looking back on looking back on my life and thinking about, okay, what have I done that's brave? And I feel like categorizing my own actions as brave feels wild because usually like in the moment I'm not I don't consider myself a very brave person. But in the moment I'm not like, "Ooh, this is terrifying and I'm being brave it's like I look back on it it's something that's kind of like reflective and I'm like oh that was brave now uh, I'm not someone who like jumps off cliffs or like in the moment I would say that is mustering bravery yeah but just in like everyday life I think it's something that like I will look back and reflect and be like oh okay that was that was a brave thing I thought so much and this was so hard which is I was like what does that tell me <laughs> Uh, this was a good chance for self-exploration, but I think it boiled down to like just stepping outside of your comfort zone and whatever like your own personal safety net is and choosing to be like, I'm going to exist outside of that or do something outside of it or say something outside of it today or this moment, whatever it is. But I think that's why, I think that's why bravery is defined so differently by people. Cause it's like, well, what is your safety net? And like, what is comfortable for you is very different for me and someone else i think bravery is basically when a person well usually a person i guess it could be anything but like an animal too but a person confronts something that scares them and even if they don't succeed at doing that activity or or they don't succeed at maybe resolving a situation or whatever it is they confront it and face it and try i think bravery is doing something even though it scares you yeah, that's it. That's the. I was. I thought it was gonna go on, but no. That's. I think that's it. I don't know. Like everyone who comes onto a show, going, "Well, it's really, really interesting." Because like, well, it's bravery. How's it like that kind of whole thing? But then I just don't know what words mean anymore. Because I think there's a certain level of bravery where it's like, you know, doing something. Like when we say that person is brave and they've done something that's like, you know, or inspiring or difficult. They've like stood up to adversity or challenges or like run into a burning building to like pull someone out of a fire like brave things and then a lot of people will go oh I like you know wore a hat and everyone made fun of me and I still wore a hat and it's like okay yeah that that's like going pushing past the fear but is that the same as being brave and then so like I don't I, I don't know also it sounds like I'm being dismissive that's just my tone of voice <laughs> like I just <laughs> like it's truly like I'm open to like uh, anything counting as like being brave but like I'm just always fascinated by like divide or like where have you landed on what like it's something that is hard for me like being in a socially anxious situation like going to a party is that being brave for me or is it when I did something I was like scared of doing but like brought up all these thoughts and feelings I, I had to look up a definition because I sort of went round in circles and like I feel like my personal definition is confronting your inner demons 
sort of your own sort of fears and insecurities. Um, the sort of broader definition I looked up was to do with facing danger, fear or difficulty with mental or moral strength, which feels huge. <laughs> Actually, we do this podcast the day after all the revelations about Noel Clark has come out. So yeah. actually, you know, the bravery can be defined by those 20 plus women who have told their story, spoken their truth, which is a cliche thing to say, but very true. Bravery comes in all shapes and sizes. I think I think a lot of people aren't in invited commas brave because you need to self-preserve yourself, trying to save yourself from hurt, from all sorts of things, from punishment in all sorts of manners. So for example, I'm sure there'll be lots of people who haven't spoken out against abuse in the workplace because they're scared of what the repercussions are going to be. Bravery can be a sometimes, you know, again, this whole epidemic, this whole year and more mental health issues are rife in terms of people having to be at home by themselves and the challenges around isolation. And, uh, you know, sometimes bravery can be about speaking about some of those challenges, speaking your truth in whatever circumstance. Mm -hmm. Coming out of your comfort zone can be is can be brave. I've always said, put me in front of a spreadsheet, that's brave, because my brain doesn't work that way. What I found with the term brave, especially when it's used around grief, and especially I found older adults did not know what to do with someone who was barely 20 who had lost more than they had. You get, you know, you get people in their 40s and 50s who might have one parent. That's not abnormal. So to, to meet someone 1920 who had all this loss I think it often put people on the back foot I don't know what to do I don't know what to say so I found the word brave was often used to shut the conversation down people were telling me who and what I was because they didn't want to hear the process I was going through not that I would necessarily be telling them but they didn't want to know what it was like uh, well I did the thing which I'm sure everyone does on this podcast is I googled this very quickly before I came on and um, I didn't I didn't fully identify with the definition because I was like, I'm not sure I am brave. But then I kind of looked into it a little bit more and it used the word courageous, putting yourself in uncomfortable situations or uh, dealing with uncertainty. And I was like, oh, that's, yeah, that I relate to, that I connect with. So for me, I guess, as I delve deeper, I connected bravery to getting out of my comfort zone and dealing with uncertainty. I, strug I would struggle to give you an answer yeah. to that question because i see i see strength and bravery and in showing weakness and vulnerability mm -hmm. so where is that that definition between the two lines i find it hard to, to to answer making a move for a strong deep belief that you have despite um what's around you so maybe you're in, you're in a situation where you feel strongly about an ideal and you step out even though everybody in the room doesn't feel that way or everything in life has i, I think it's more just about trusting your heart because like say you know maybe everything in life has told you a certain idea and at some point you decide to stand up and transcend that because you still you find some light at the end of the tunnel within it i don't know i think there's a lot of ways to define bravery but I'd say that would be more of uh, my definition for it. I guess when I was young, I would say it's like um, just blindfold confidence. Like just being like, I'm going to do something and whatever the consequence is, I'm just going to make sure that I don't look fearful. I guess that's what I would think when I was young. But I think as I grew older, I think bravery is actually being like completely honest. Like if, if you don't like something someone's doing, you're like, no, I don't like that. Or 
if you have an opinion in a workplace and you're like, that's not how we should be running the company, I think that's bravery because I feel like growing up, like at least the jobs I had or the jobs I went for, we were kind of programmed to like code switch or like lie or, or be a person pleaser to get to a certain point, uh, whether it's like comedy or like a normal nine to five. So I think is if you're just being brutally honest, <laughs> I think that's pretty brave. Another thing we can take from each episode is inspiration. Let's get inspired by those public and private figures that inspired our guests to bravery and hear a little bit of, about their stories. There's a ton of people thinking it's cringy to talk about their family, but they do. I think it's lovely that people talk about their families, as well as some public figures that I wouldn't necessarily associate with bravery. I'm ending this episode with these people from whom you can take inspiration. People who are part of our fictional landscape, our public figure landscape, and our guests' private lives. I was gonna say my mum. I'm gonna have to say my parents. My mum for sure. My youngest brother. My parents. Actually, my mum. My parents. Both of my parents. My mum. My mum. My mum. This is what happens when you make people think about sappy shit like this. <laughs> <laughs> my favourite member of One Direction is Louis Tomlinson. Um, and I think he, to me, when I was younger, he sort of exemplified bravery for me because he always stood up for everybody else and put himself second and then yesterday day or the day before he announced that he was parting ways with Simon Cowell's label who they've been with for like 10 years and now he's just venturing off to do new things on his own and I was just like oh my god this guy that I've looked up to since I was like 12 is free now like he can sort of make his own choices and do whatever he wants I think in terms of like a fictional one it kind of I think it would have to be um Avatar Aang. I know these are two men that I'm giving examples of. Um, I'm sure there are many brave women that have inspired me, for sure. But like, I think I've spent a lot of time digging back through my childhood since I've been home. But yeah, Avatar Aang is a huge point of bravery because he's so young and had so much responsibility on his shoulders and he was outwardly scared but saved the world anyway, which I think is kind That's of cool. cool. I got one person that could come to mind. It, it makes like no sense because I, I can't even remember <laughs> his name. I remember his first name, but I'll tell you, I can tell you like the basics for why I think he's brave, but it's like, it's just like clear bravery. It's not like a, like a, it's not like an abstract form of bravery. <laughs> it's the guy, Alex something that did the, um, he did like the free climbing. Oh, the guy from like the documentary. Um... <laughs> I don't know why that's the person that came to mind. Every woman in my family, like straight on. I know you said pick one, person but I don't care <laughs> every woman in my family I think an act of bravery my mum coming from another country um uh, and definitely not at the time and um, when she was here with her child not being um welcome being pretty much alone, having support but being pretty much alone and raising a child absolute bravery my grandmother um uh who is uh white lived in Russia uh married my grandfather a black African from from Ghana had a mixed um mixed heritage children in Russia around like 50 years ago like absolute bravery of just being like oh actually like I'm just gonna do this like each one of like the people women in my life from my family are literally just absolute bravery of just like do you know what against the odds my auntie came to this um uh, uh one of my aunties came to this country didn't know any English like she owns she owns like her own home has a has a great job has raised a great um uh 
that child. My other auntie was lots of, lots of trouble, always, always making um, trouble. Now she's a pro probation officer. Like each one of them I'll be like, yeah. She helped me get through Edinburgh, Moana. <laughs> Moana, the character, helped me get through Edinburgh Fringe wow. 2018. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I think the storyline is wonderful, but I think Moana, it's the first time I'd seen a brown female hero in a film that, like, nothing was really dependent on the men. Like, she, the, the guy was a bit of an idiot, the guy that she was kind of working with, and she ended up being much stronger than him, uh, which I thought was very relatable. The yeah. first thing that came to my mind was... Uh... Sanganji from the Lord of the Rings, who didn't have to go on that adventure. He was he was doing the garden for <laughs> Mr. Frodo, you know. He was he was just there. Frodo have a reason to do it because he got the ring from his aunt, uncle. He got the ring from from Bilbo Baggins, <laughs> and Gandalf was literally like forcing him to. But something had to be cut in all that. But he did it, and he always did the right thing with integrity. He, he in the books, he put the ring at one point, and the ring cannot corrupt yeah. him. Because the way the ring corrupts you is by showing you things that you want, wh how life could be if you have the things that you want. But when, <laughs> when Sam put the ring on, the ring couldn't do anything because he's just into gardening you know so what can you give to someone that's just happy with a garden i guess like lizzo i'm not like even like a hundred you know there's a lot of people who are like obsessed with lizzo and everything she does but i really feel like just her making a name for herself and like her like being confident in her body is like a sense of bravery and like not letting you know yeah like not letting um other people like get to you just people who like really put themselves out there are vulnerable i would say before all the kanye stuff like all the trump stuff yeah. kanye was really 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 influential in bravery for me and like perseverance and like arrogant you know he had i mean he's very mentally ill and not even mentally ill, like, he's also, like, has these... His narcissism has, like, influenced his political beliefs and, like, whatever. And it's just really sad to see how where he is now. But for a long time, like, the way he would gas himself up, talk about himself, all that stuff, like, it was so inspiring and so cool to see. Can I say Buffy the Vampire Slayer? <laughs> yes! <laughs> I hate that my head is telling me to say Lady Gaga. I hate that so much. <laughs> oh, I hate it. I hate it, but my head's just going, Lady Gaga. <laughs> I should probably, given what I just said, I should choose someone incredible from, like, the arts. Well, okay, going back to my initial, like, definition. Someone like, I don't think this person is brave in, like, the sense of, like, fighting great wars. But, like, I've literally not used that definition at all in this whole podcast, mm -hmm. so. But someone like a Virginia Woolf or someone like that. I mean, she's dead. But, like, someone like that who really did not, as far as I'm aware, give a flying fuck about changing herself yeah. and lived a life very authentically, as far as I can tell. I don't know that much about her, but those people in history who have just lived so authentically despite their circumstances. My mentor, like Marianne Sanchez-Carnigle, she, who don't know her, go 
know her like there's a few publications of her and and a few interviews and she is such an incredible woman and she gave me exactly that purpose i mean i was gonna say my mum, but that's quite cringy just because like my dad lived in japan and she brought up us three kids pretty much on her own so that's quite brave going from and also like she had a really good job her and my dad both had really good jobs and she gave up her job to move to Japan with my dad and then they got a divorce and then she was like when we moved back to England but my dad stayed in Japan she was just like you know what I I love my old job that I used to have but I don't want to do it anymore because the hours are like crazy she used to be like a journalist and the hours were like from 2 p.m to 2 a.m and she was like that's not really a life I want so she just had so many different career paths and to have the courage to just change your career path so late in your life well, she's not that old, but, you know, like, in your, like, <laughs> 40s and 50s, like, numerous times as well. So she was a journalist, and then she had a couple of other jobs, and then she worked for an all-female private detective agency. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah, but they didn't do, like, crime scenes. They did, like, finding people who have gone missing and stuff, mm. like, husbands who have disappeared and stuff. And then she is now, she now works at a vet's. So very different career paths, but she loves animals and she loves the job that she has now. Yeah. I'm going to have to say my parents uh, because, you know, I didn't really appreciate it until recently, but they, so they grew up in Korea uh, at a time when Korea wasn't this bright, shiny K-pop world. <laughs> uh, they, you know, it was coming out of the Korean War. And so it was really not, not the best place. And then they just moved to First, a small random island that the U.S. owns in the Pacific called Guam. And and then they moved to the mainland and they had me and they raised me in the States and kind of they did the American dream. They really just packed everything up, moved over, learned the language, dealt with people, like ran a little shop and put me through college. And so for them, you know, that I, I can't I guess it's funny how my life has paralleled them that I've kind of done the similar thing like I packed up everything and I moved and I moved again and I set up a new life here and so I guess it's in our DNA but I had a lot of advantages and I've had a lot of um, privilege and help along the way here yeah. that they did not have and so I think I think I would say that they are they're quite brave. My mom for sure because she has had an extraordinary life and my mom yeah my people in my family for sure my grandfather um, was uh, in India during the partition, in Pakistan during the partition, and f family members on both sides moved to Kenya to start a new life. So I feel like there's a lot of bravery in my family, but my mum for sure. So my my father passed away when I was four. He was um, killed during a robbery in his shop in Kenya, in Nairobi. And my mum was 29 when that happened, and she had me and my sister. I was just about to turn four, and my sister was two. And a few months before that, her father had died as well. So, I mean, I don't know what you were like when you were 29, but I certainly would not have been able to handle that at all. I mean, I talk about, like, very, like, things things that I think are brave. It's just sort of like she would sort of... I mean, she, that's just a crazy situation to be in. Michaela Coel. Oh. I watched her... Well, obviously, I made Destroy You is an uh, excellent mm -hmm. television show. But, um, no, I, I really um, thought she was brave for talking about her um, experience on... Uh, with sexual um, assault um, on the yeah. 
and I watched a whole uh, like Edinburgh TV festival lecture, which is mm. also something that I like really recommend people watch because she's like really eloquently talking about how being a quote unquote misfit and um, dealing with people who are faultless and faultless is like a a word she keeps going back to um, because she's saying that uh, she didn't want to use the words like racist, sexist, homophobic because it puts people on defence and what she wants people to do is accept these things without feeling like they're being attacked which Mm -hmm. is um, a very interesting way of talking about it and saying I I just really rate her for being um, uh, very like clear and eloquent her her ability to control room just by talking yeah it's crazy good i think that Cher is an example of bravery because she has been the first female to do things that no female has done before and and the way she can contextualize that at this moment for example when she at the age of 40 she was told she couldn't be the main actress or not in a movie with nicholas cage because she was too old and how she dealt with that and how she speaks about it. And also because she set up the sort of the way or the, the path for a lot of female artists, mm-hmm. female singers and female performers. So I think, and it, tames, and it takes some guts to have such a long career when age seems to be such an important yeah. thing for a female or female identifying. Do you know what? Someone that's fiction... No, actually, she's real, very real. Her name is Ariel. Yeah. She's the Little Mermaid. Um, do you know Disney's Little Mermaid? Yes. And I feel like she had to show bravery because, I, well, you know, I watched it again recently and, oh, my goodness, it was the best thing ever because, like, I know it word for word. It's, like, my favourite film from a, from a kid, right? And I think the fact that she decided she wanted to be with a human and she went to... Um, you know, she's a mermaid with flippers and fins and stuff. She wanted to be with a human. And she went against her family's wishes to, to make that happen. I think that that is a massive act of bravery. And, um, you know, I think, yeah, she took a chance. And I think I think if more people were like Ariel, we'd be, have a much better world. You know, we just we just accept everyone for who they are and, um, and love everyone for who they are. I think my youngest brother... Um, his name's Durward, He's which is D-U-R-W-A-R-D. It's an unusual name. It's a family name. My brother Durward is one of the bravest people I know. And talking about feeling the fear and doing it anyway, that's he's he's always who I think of. You know, speak he is extremely well traveled and he um he came out as gay when he was 14 and he moved to San Francisco when he was 17. He graduated high school a year early just so he could get out there. And then he started traveling internationally at like a very young age and um I remember the the summer before the summer it, he went to Spain. He I remember spending time with him before he had to go and he was so nervous about his upcoming trip and he was like I'm so afraid I I don't even want to go anymore. Um, but he went and it was a really amazing thing for me to see because I had always thought of him as something as somebody who was just supremely confident, but he's not, he's afraid. He just does it. He just feels, you know, he just does it anyway. And, um, that's really impressive to me. So I studied history, (laughs) big history nerd. I think there's like a lot of historical examples of like incredible bravery. And again, I, to me, the pinnacle of, of bravery is like is speaking out about injustice in a way that puts yourself at risk so like anyone involved in like like I was going to say suffragettes but they were they were actually quite privileged but there was a degree (laughs) there was a degree of risk there and like 
the civil rights movement and like they I guess they're obvious examples and they get like a maybe unnuanced like brave reputation historically mm-hmm. but I think it is true like I think I think that is massively brave. Nina Simone because I mean she was the first person who literally I heard about talking with what I said at the beginning where bravery is being or freedom actually she said is lack of fear right and Mm -hmm. that is that is everything to me i was just talking about this person uh i'm just bringing up their name so that i don't mispronounce it i'm probably going to mispronounce it anyway i think i think their name is hadish muhammad basically they're this 36 year old barrister who burst out of the pigeonhole that society built or had constructed for this person. And I think that that tenacity and that sort of perseverance and that, like, that to me is such a, such a brave, and also that it's not about them. It's about something beyond them. It's about supporting other people. I think that to me is a really beautiful example of, of, of bravery and we were talking about, it was, it was an article in The Guardian in like January of this year that we were talking about. Forgive me if I mis- mispronounced their name. Um, I need to double check it. But but yeah, it, I think that that is a, is a really clear, for me, example of, you know, this is the confine that I've been placed into. What am I going to do with that? And, and being brave in that little space allows me to be brave outside in the bigger space. I think my parents, which may be like a very cheesy, cliched answer, um, I think both in their own ways, I think have been, and in those same ways that I talk about is like every day, but like um, my dad, for example, he, he works as like a medical clerk in, a, in the hospital, um, but he's also a union rep. And, you know, throughout my life, I've just known that he will give all, you know, he's given so much time and dedication for, like, standing up for people who needed it. And, like, he's never been afraid of kind of telling management and, you know, people with power, you know, obviously not in the sort of just straight up, you know, FU way, but, you know, he's always been, he's always you know had such a strong moral compass he's the sort of person that if I'm in a moral dilemma I think about what he would do because he's always just known you know he's always he's never been afraid to stand up for what's right and for like having compassion for vulnerable people um across boards and different circumstances and I think having and it means you know he hasn't maybe he could have probably been quite high up in an NHS career if he'd been willing to kind of kiss the asses. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> if he hadn't been so much of, like, maybe a stirrer of trouble kind of thing. But, and I think that takes bravery. You know, he had he had kids and a family to support, and he always has. And he's worked so many hours, you know, just to keep us, like, keep us fed and warm and housed. Um but you know he could have earned a lot of he could have earned a lot more money <laughs> if he'd gone higher up in the management but he didn't because he believes in what's doing what's doing what's right not doing just what benefits you so i think he's very brave in that way um and my mum i think it's it's kind of more personal bravery of sort of having gone through quite a you know a very very messy split with my dad in the sense of, uh, you know, (laughs) 
things happened and you know she went through a very kind of devastating heartbreak essentially and you know I sort of lived with her in the sort of aftermath of that and you know she was also very ill um and she worked and worked in a job she hated (laughs) um but she still did you know she went to work every day she's never quit um and you know she never gave up I always my head always goes to women as well but um and and there's a sort of the very kind of obvious ones which I think you know um in society in sense like Mother Teresa for example and Princess Diana oh that's a fun question yes I'm gonna say it's it's not fictional but it's not somebody that I know but there's a comic book I like called Love and Rockets and the two creators they're named uh jaime and gilbert hernandez they're two brothers who do a comic book and they've always kind of done their own thing and it's always and it's always well i was gonna say it's always been good it's it has always been good but sometimes it's good in a very accessible way and sometimes it's good in a very weird inaccessible way and i kind of admire their creative bravery and also the band they might be giants i really admire their like path and the things they've done and I get inspired by their work ethic. Mm-hmm. They're an inspiration to me. So I guess creative people. Nobody in my personal life, I'm inspired by nobody that I've met personally. I'd say, well, two. One is uh, Mom's Mabley. Do you know who she is? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I found about her, like, uh, this past year. Yeah, so same. It's fresh, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, and I remember, like, seeing I was like, oh, my God, that was a person? I felt guilty for not knowing that she existed. Exactly. Yeah, so and she had a career for, like, over 50-something years, mm-hmm. which is insane because she started back in, like, the, the 20s. Imagine doing yeah. comedy as, as an African-American woman who I think she was queer. Or she she had some reports of dating some girls. She was queer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think she yeah. <laughs> was living a very traditional life. Uh, yeah. So as a queer African-American comedian back in the 1920s, and she had an extremely hard upbringing. I, I think she grew up in like somewhere in like the remote area of Ohio and ran away and, you know, was raped and, you know, had babies from being raped and just joined the circus. And I mean, imagine like how hard she must have worked, you know, and how much adversity she must have faced. Mm -hmm. Uh, And to see her like on TV, I mean, her jokes are good. You know, yeah, yeah, she, she's really, really good. She has this one, she, she says that somebody asked for her to drop her drawers she misunderstood her but it's like it's this it's this character and I like the character too that's what mm-hmm. I notice a lot about older uh comedians is they really think about their character on stage so you have your jokes and it's like okay who do you want to deliver them as yeah and, and and I just really I was watching a documentary about her and I just felt very inspired that she existed because she made it easier for me you know now it's yeah. not so weird that I'm doing comedy you know because she came before me so and another one I'd say is uh lily singh i really like lily singh i love her mm-hmm. uh, her sketches and yeah i was reading a lot about her bio yeah and you know she suffered a lot of like depression and just like dark emotions and found youtube as an outlet of escaping that uh it was posting sketches like every day i mean these are great sketches she plays everybody mm-hmm. and now she has a late night show yeah i would okay i wouldn't put her in the same caliber as like miles mabley as like influencing but there's something about her that i really identify with and i really like actually my mum, my mom's from devon in the uk and then her family moved to swindon and when she was 21 in 19 19... i can't say the year because then i'll give her away her age mm. so 
in the 60s, when she was in her 20s, she decided to move to Madrid. Uh, and this was before internet, before anything. And she decided to, to move to Madrid because she just had enough of Swindon, which is understandable. A friend told her that there was a teaching position in Madrid, an English teaching position. And she just left and she moved to Madrid in her 20s when Franco was still in power. So she moved from the 60s in the UK with free love and free everything to a dictatorship in Spain just because a friend told her there was a job there and she never left. There are people that I admire and that who I kind of look to to kind of motivate myself and one of them is a woman called Debbie Clark who runs a business called Debbie Duda and I met her when I moved back to Nottingham and I started networking and it's really been interesting to see her career progression and her building her business. So I kind of look at her and be like, oh, you're who I want to be when I grow up. So I guess in that sense, she would be one of those people. But, and this is going to sound so narcissistic, but I got asked not quite the same question, but a similar sort of question. And my answer was myself, just purely because that's what I can relate to myself. Clearly, I can look at things I've done and achieved or overcome. And that's what motivates me. The first thing that popped into my mind is uh, AOC. Do you know her? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She's someone who just like, and Alan Omar um, also, uh, both of them are just people who, I just feel like we like live in such a culture where things get so easily co-opted when money enters the picture and people are like very afraid to step out of line. And I think that both of them have just been so brave in like the things that they've been saying where it's just like, they were elected because they had certain views and as they've sort of been pushed into the machinery that is like the united states congress and the united states like political machine they've like have really kept to those things like they haven't strayed from their initial sort of messaging which is kind of a shock because i think so many of our politicians are like that and are just immediately will throw things out in order to gain more power So I think them really sticking to their guns like that and really being brave and just like sort of stepping out of turn with like the Democratic Party here to me is like so inspiring. I mentioned Malala, so that's, I guess she is real, Um, but someone from my life. I think there are people that do things that I think are very brave. So I think my parents are very brave because they're currently in the midst of the madness in India where case rate is quite high as well. They're teaching um, children who basically don't have access to education, whose parents are some of the lowest earners in Indian society. They're teaching those kids English and holding like essentially school for them while wearing masks and everything in the midst of all of this. So I think that's really brave. Um, They would find it very cringy if they heard this. Um, (laughs) So hopefully they don't listen to this. Um, I think some of my friends are brave. I have a friend who by all things compared is always going through a lot and she just keeps going at it so I think it's like characteristics of people that I know and love that I see bravery in them and um it that's what I was thinking about today like um I'd say my partner is brave in a lot of ways he just takes anything in his stride he's consistently especially with me out of his comfort zone he will eat anything um he'll try everything once um yeah I I think that's bravery. I have a friend who literally, he's probably the bravest person I know because he will do crazy shit with no fear. There's, I think that's, he's not brave. I think he has no fear. Um, I think those are two very different things. (laughs) So I think I see a lot of bravery in the people around me. Yes, I will talk about somebody who I know actually. 
uh, her name is Ray. <laughs> um, she is, she works in mental health um, and she is someone who has been diagnosed with sort of everything <laughs> her whole life. She's been in and out of hospitals. Um, she's had all different kinds of medication thrust upon her, all different kinds of diagnoses thrust upon her. Um, and she's someone who is advocating for people's stories rather than people's diagnoses. So she's part of this uh, Hearing Voices Network. Um, so um, she's someone who's who hears voices. And, and that comes in a lot of different like shapes and sizes. Those voices will be not necessarily just be, you know, audible things. But but I, I, she is someone who I think is is very, very brave because of all the things that she's had to overcome in her life, including just still being around, you know, our, our acts of bravery. And so she's someone that I, I look up to a lot. And I, I try and I think of her often as an example of, of someone who who continues to to know herself well so that she can cope with any barriers that her, you know, quote unquote, mental illness um, might give her. I think definitely people who believe in themselves fully and in what they preach and they live that, you know, like Wim Hof. That man is like a powerhouse <laughs> and he is so unique and so himself, like you can see it. Uh, or like, or like uh, Greta Thunberg, like everything that she says is just coming from truly who she is. And she's not afraid, even though she's so young, she's not afraid to just be herself. Going with my gut, the person that I immediately thought of was Mindy Kaling. And I think that that's not necessarily a brave thing. And just a, like, she's a person that I admire greatly and really wish was my friend. Whoa. I had one in my mind then and they disappeared, which is so weird. I know everyone has their caveats, etc. But I do think at the moment, I think Jamila Jamil is doing some amazing work and she is really cool around getting stuff wrong. Like what I said at the beginning in terms of like saying what you believe in and standing up for it with the full understanding that you will probably be attacked at every angle for getting it wrong. And I think she really does that and is heading up some quite important campaigns around obviously people being more comfortable with their bodies but also just in general women's rights, etc. So I think she's quite inspiring as a person. And this is an, in some ways a, a non-issue in terms of the outrage that's brought up, but I was thinking about like the the decision by the Dr. Seuss people to take a small selection of their books and not keep them in print because there's no real way to adjust them or adapt them and they've fallen out of what's uh, appropriate. The, the times have changed and the culture has changed. And... This has been a big sort of fake issue that conservatives have been like moaning about for the past month. But I think there is something brave about people owning up to like mistakes rather than pushing back and saying, no, 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 he's this revered cultural hero. He did everything right. I think there's something about being willing because like another person that I put in this category, I think like Sarah Silverman, I think that is a comedian who. In her early years, she's obviously like a talented and, and brilliant person. But in recent years, she's sort of owned up to like jokes that she made and things that she did early in her career that rather than doubling down and saying, no, it's just a joke and everything I ever did was funny and I, here's why I did it, to be willing to say, not everything that I do holds up and 
think about why that is and talk about why that is and figure out a way to be funny while still trying to improve what you're doing and who you are like to, to roll with the the progress of the times rather than dig in. Cause I feel like there's a lot of people in comedy whose response is like, I'm not going to be cowed by this, you know, or they will be like, Oh yeah. Try being funny in this day and age. And I'm like, no, actually. Yeah. Try like just work a little harder and try yeah. being funny. Like, do you think you can do it? I like that Sarah Silverman's approach has been to actually put some thought into like, you may have had a very, very solid comedic reason in the same way that like, you know, there's things that Lenny Bruce did in comedy that at the time were progressive choices that if you just listen to his routine now, you're like, well, that doesn't hold up. Like, you can't say that now. It wouldn't have the same meaning. Like the context has changed because so much of comedy is what is funny in this context right now. It's hard to adapt to a new context in the same way that it's hard getting older. It's hard being a person in the world. But if you're really funny, you'll figure out a way or you won't. But those are the those are the two mm -hmm. options. I feel like there's a lot of people in comedy who, when the times start to change, rather than thinking, oh, is there a way for me to, like, be a good person and remain funny? And I feel like there are some comedians who, like, no. And I, I think that I think it takes some bravery to be willing to admit that work that you might even have some pride in. You look back on it and think, no, that that doesn't work. Uh, I don't stand behind everything I've ever done in comedy. I think there are things, um, especially in the nature of the comedy that I do, where, where so much of it is in the moment. You know, sometimes you'll just say something and you're trying it and then you immediately realize the words are out of your mouth and you're like, "Ooh, I shouldn't have said that. I was trying something and it didn't work. And you need to be able to know that and own it and learn from it. Most of the headlines about Dr. Seuss have been about how outraged conservatives are pretending to be, most of whom have only the most casual knowledge of what his actual career was like. Yeah. I would guarantee that if you put me in a conversation with any politician or political pundit who has been mad about Dr. Seuss, if you put me on camera with them for 10 minutes... I would very quickly be able to reveal the lack of depth of their knowledge of the career of Ted Geisel. Yeah, and many who are being willfully obtuse on the situation in general, where it's like, you guys know that they're not taking the cat and the hat out of publication. Like, stop being... You've never read any of these books before, and even the ones that they're like, well, look at me read this book right now. There's nothing wrong with one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. And you're like, well, yeah, they're not trying to get rid of yeah, that. Yeah, read McElligot's pool, like, you jerk. Not, what are, <laughs> uh, but I, I actually think that... And in some ways, this is the smart. That's why I'm saying like the Seuss organization making this decision. It is both the correct decision and it's also the smart decision because they're deciding that these old books are going to like try to find a, a, a context in which they make sense in a completely new century rather than being stuck in this like, no, no, these are sacred texts. They cannot be adapted, not even for children. You know, obviously there are a lot of people who are just pretending to be outraged about it. But I do actually think that that's it's brave to be willing to say, yes, we are this organization. We are we stand behind this man, but we don't stand behind everything he ever did. And nor should we and nor nor would he if he was still around. A lot of the a lot of these people who will pretend that his work is this sacred thing that cannot be adapted or touched or whatever. If he was still alive, he would be adapting and modernizing and trying to roll with the times just like anybody else uh, of good conscience, you know? Someone that I thought of on the day 
of uh, this Justice League release is, uh, you know, Ray, Ray Fisher, who's like spoke out and is like trying to make things better for a lot of people in the entertainment industry when things are tough for a lot of people. I think it's important to listen to things that people say like that because that's a really hard thing and who knows where his career is going to go after this you know after making raising a stink rightfully so but I, th- I find that very admirable and very courageous and something that should be applauded and not mocked like a few people I feel like are doing online which is a bummer my first thoughts are always like comedians and or like l- leaders in that sense it's so cliche but like I like the thought the first thought that came to mind for me was like Martin Luther King and, I, and that's why I hesitated. I was like, I'm not going to fucking use that as my template. I'm not Martin Luther King. But like him, even though he has a lot of problematic opinions, Dave Chappelle, I think like what's interesting about him in particular is that I do think he is a genius. The problem is, is that, oh, he's not right about everything. Yeah. And I think it's about understanding sort of like that nuance. But I also understand that like in his stand-up, that it's also coming from another place of pain. Like he's looking at the privilege of the white queer to sort of justify his ignorant takes on the trans community. And so, you know, he's, you know, you want to punch up with comedy, so he frames it so that he's allowed to, but for the rest of us, he's just coming off as insensitive. But I mean, when you looked at his his speech, his piece after the whole George Floyd yeah. incident, you can't deny that this he he's brilliant. Ugh, I'm gonna be so cheesy. I'm gonna say both of my parents in different ways. So my my mom, um, my mom and my biological dad got divorced when I was like two. And he has not been in my life since hmm. He wasn't in my life until this past summer um when he added me on facebook uh the pandemic made people do crazy shit uh that was one of them he just was like hey bud how's it going but for my mom we have kind of like um a gilmore girlsy relationship Mm -hmm. not in that we're like that close in age but she was a single mom for the first five years of my life and i think leaving that like really shit situation as a teacher who made like absolutely no money was scary and luckily like my grandparents were there to like provide her emotional support but that I think I think she was doing for me which is really uh Mm -hmm. sweet because she was in that relationship for seven years before me and I'm sure it was not all great before that but yeah then she she made that choice and you know those first five years are formative and you know she worked really hard to make sure that we we had a, a little tiny house for the two of us with a backyard and a swing set that I could hang out in and it's something that I very much appreciate and I think she's someone that wouldn't give herself the credit of saying that she's a brave person but I I think that's that's incredibly brave I would probably say Shem Shem Tennant, who I think probably is someone who would be like, I'm never brave, is my guess. But like, I think Shem just like exists as Shem all the time. If you just are like, like anyone says of the people who know, know Shem and know of Shem, if you're like, you say Shem, you know who Shem is. You know what I mean? Like, and I think he just like, 
I've never met someone who's like more involved in just like doing things that they've never done before to do them and to learn them. And he just like, I feel like anytime I talk to him, he's trying something new. And to me, like that's very brave to me to just like pick something up, know you're going to fail and then just keep doing it, which is why he's probably good at so many things now is because he like makes that choice over and over. Yeah. And I think he just like, yeah, I think Shem is just, I'm like having a hard time because I'm like Shem is just so interesting and he's Shem <laughs> like <laughs> but like yeah I think it's just like he he's very like committed to trying new things and and to just like sharing his opinion he just like shares his voice albeit like in his quiet Shem voice but he's like this is how I feel and like if he thinks something could like be better he'll say that mm-hmm. and he's always like willing to help and just like I think he has a lot of hard conversations and is like a part of hard conversations maybe without realizing it because he is like so intelligent and caring and generous that he's just like in it helping talking like being brave like he's someone where I'd be like you're being brave and he'd probably be like no no I'm not pick like the person I'm the biggest nerd over then it'd be like Elton John which is so (laughs) stupid but I love him and I just but I think it's because he's just kind of at some point, I mean, people joke like, oh, well, he had to. No, he not really. He didn't have to at any point. And he could have lived in some lie if he wanted to. I'd say, yeah, those people. I mean, I think like Elliot Page now, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's been a really beautiful thing to see. So, yeah, maybe that's just, I think just because our, our conversation just now, I'd say those, those people. Yeah. So my friends and, you know, who just kind of live authentically. In my personal life, I think my brother is a very brave person. And my sister-in-law, they're both very brave. I'm just very, like, they were in the military. My brother was in the military. And not that's not what I think is necessarily a brave thing. Mm-hmm. But he did that to, like, kind of try to make a better life for him and his wife. And then they have a bunch of kids and they have kids. You know, they've, I think, given up what would have been their some of their life goals in exchange for one that's a little bit more important. And they're also, like... <laughs> I always view them as like uh, a lot of real shitty people are having like a hundred kids. So I'm really happy. Like good people are also having a bunch (laughs) of kids. And then uh, like, I'm not fictional, but like a pop culture figure that I always saw as brave is weirdly. And this is, I think uh, for me, Anthony Bourdain is kind of like my only like really celebrity hero in that. I think like opened up like a lot of both being able to have like a bad past or like like a rougher past and being okay with that and like being mm-hmm. like yeah that's part of my life and now that's not part of my life but also just being willing to embrace people of other cultures and trying to actually see deep like i think that's i travel a lot i feel like that's like why so many people travel a lot now is because of his shows i don't know like i hate to like cling to my traditional definition or when i think of brave people i normally think of two of my friends that like, you know keith Mulder and leong tan and then just uh for like the boring most basic reasons like one's like a firefighter who like <laughs> works in building, burning buildings and like will like just go in and like literally save people's lives and like do that kind of work and that and then just deals with it and like that's just so like he, he's one of the reasons why i don't complain about my job i <laughs> work as much as i could or i don't get like down about it because i like i know um just how hard his work can be and like what he has to do and also how he maintains like a balance and reasonably well-rounded life um outside of that and he's just like a good like um friend and confidant uh to have um but also uh, i yeah this is all weird um 
we're saying, but like after the uh, Grenfell Tower, like stuff where, where he was at, that was like rough on him. Uh, so like we worked together, like we like teach uh, martial arts classes, and then he was just like, I'm feeling a bit like you know uh, mentally affected by all this, so I need to take a break um, for like teaching, which was like fine. Uh, absolutely happy to support him and like I like took over or rearranged the schedule so he wouldn't have to teach as much but that was also like it was the running into a burning building bravery I understand but also being a a, a tough old man and talking about your feelings to me which I'm not like the person you want to talk to your feelings about I'm a sociopath but yeah that was like really nice uh, or like that felt like I know how hard that was to like discuss and talk to you uh, me about a feeling so that was like uh, generally oh brave person but in that moment it's like oh i can see the, the courage it takes to like talk out advocate for yourself and like um express your feelings so that was um uh one way leon's inspired me and then keith is ridiculous like he is uh a person i improvise with he does he's a hostage negotiator uh for the police and all cops are bastards especially keith um like he's the <laughs> he's what he's who i think of when i'm chanting that but he is also <laughs> Uh, a beautiful soul of a person, very empathetic, um, really opened up my eyes about how to like improvise and perform because it's always like nuanced and like listening in the wear and like so in tune with like language and real genuine human connection and then just works with some of the most harrowing shit <laughs> I've ever seen. Um, like he uh, talked about more about London tragedies. I think he was there, uh, it, was, it was on the scene for like t- two of the terrorist attacks uh that had happened uh, in london before i left where he was like on the scene like dealing with it like not like i was like oh this is scary it's near my house and it's like this is scary it's outside my police car it's my job and i'm dealing with it and holy shit and like that was like just like another level of i can't imagine having to like process that or deal with that or like be open about your feelings about it and how it's like making you feel whether it be like um you know sad or like affecting you or like just being clear and being able to communicate that was like wow Keith you're like uh, knocking out of the park that's really 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 impressive and then also <laughs> I'm reminded of when there was a terrorist attack and he had to like go deal with it uh but we had a show <laughs> and so he just couldn't come to the show and he'd like text us and like yeah about like dealing with people like bleeding everywhere and then like we found out on the day and then I just made a joke about it on stage and like <laughs> it crushed i at the risk of sounding cliched like i very much like i think my mum is like super brave you know she sort of she moved to she moved to the uk like in her early 20s from singapore without knowing anyone you know had quite a young baby to look after like and has just i just find like i I feel like i won't go into too many other details because i'd be sharing sort of things that aren't mine to share but I just think she's lived a phenomenal life and she's incredibly brave, incredibly strong, but also very sort of kind, loving, generous with it, you know, and I think that is amazing. And and something that I think is true of a lot of the other women in her family as well, you know, women who've had very sort of hard lives. Like my gra- my grandma sort of raised, you know, seven kids with, with very little and she's, you know, she's still alive. She's 86 or 87 now and going strong and one of the, mm-hmm. when she wants to be, one of the scariest women I know. I'm going to say my mum actually, which is corny, but I'm going to say my mother. I hugely admire my mum. I think she came to the UK and has made a life here. She got here at a time when Jamaican people had been, all Caribbean people had been invited over here to a world where the Tories were advertising for their 
next election with slogans saying, if you want a nigger for a neighbor, vote Labour, and where people were surprised that all these black people were here and had no idea that they'd been invited over, had no idea that they fought in the war, had no idea about the support that, you know, that people thought they were coming to their motherland. They were so excited. And she came here and she braved all of that. She worked hard to become a nurse. Uh, she was one of the first people to lecture on AIDS here. She, she did lots of training around HIV. She became a senior midwife at Leeson Hospital. She uh, used to run family planning clinics. She is, is fantastic, really. I think it's, it's like my mum, because she took a bet on my dad, this guy, who's just like, well, I, I live in England. Do you want to... Do you want to get married and come over? And she was just like, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Like, what? Who does that? It's madness. And it could have gone terribly wrong, but she married the kind of guy who was like, oh, it's February in England. Your sari is not going to be warm enough. Let's get you some jeans. Let's get you a coat. Let's get you... What classes have you drawn to? What do you want to work as? You can't sit home bored. And she could have married a guy who was the opposite, but she took a gamble and it mostly worked out. But then she had to come here, get the job, work in a library, realise that it was boring and then start teaching career and just like get up and do stuff and if she hadn't done that I wouldn't be here so I admire her for doing that in a time when women weren't expected to really do all that much so all her peers would have got university degrees my mom, my parents both grew up in Calcutta in northeast India and people of their class and their caste would have got university degrees the men would be expected to work the women less so they're quite ornamental is part of what made them a good wife um, but she chose a path in life that was like moving to England, working, doing stuff, which I would say is more exciting, uh, but infinitely harder work. And being introduced to jeans at the age of 28 is like 70s jeans, no lycra. I would say probably two people. I would say uh, Kid Cudi and uh, Donald Glover. And for me, at that time, I thought both of them, I think... Uh, Kid Cudi came out, I was in 10th grade, yeah. And then Donald Glover, I was a freshman in college when his album came out. But I think what they did well was speak to POCs that were going through something that a lot of us go through, but we just don't want to say it because of the way society kind of brainwashed us. So Kid Cudi was like the first like black rapper who was like, I am depressed and I hate my life and I want to die. And I'm like, oh, that's like real shit, like... Thank you for not telling me you want to, like, shoot someone or do some crazy shit. So I was like, I gravitated to that a lot. And then Donald Glover was just like, although I am black, I don't feel black because of X, Y, Z. So I think for those two dudes, especially at that point, rap was extremely, like, gangster, like, eccentric. Like, it's just like, oh, I got guns or I'm selling drugs. So for those two dudes yeah. to be like, oh, we're going to kind of sway Ray that and then go deeper into, like, like pain, I thought that was like pretty dope. So I think they're brave for that. But also as creatives, I think like, like as we were saying before, they kind of push the boundaries without being too edgy. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at, at Marianas Beats on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for all dowdy updates and other silly content. As all podcasts will tell you, all rates and reviews will be super welcome. So please head over to iTunes to give Dowdy a bump. If you've enjoyed the podcast, tell your friends, share on your socials using the hashtag DowdyPod, or drop me a DM. All good vibes welcome. Huge thank you to Shem Pennant for the intro and outro jingle and for being present in my life. If you'd like to support my work, all tips are welcome through PayPal and Coffee on at Marianas Beats. I've been Marianas. Until next week.